0: Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Monday the 14th of July. Well, I hope you're enjoying a little bit of summer, grabbing the odd sunny day here and there or escaping to somewhere more sunny than where you are. Unless you live somewhere sunny already, this is going nowhere. So let's drop that intro and move straight into what's coming up on today's episode. Um, You'll remember I do an occasional series of interviews with Web 2.0 entrepreneurs in the UK and elsewhere. And in today's episode, I interview Alistair Mitchell, Ali Mitchell, who uh, is one of the founders of uh, a Web 2.0 company in the UK called Huddle, more of which later. Other than that, I've got a really, really superb piece of Electronica coming up at the end from the Monotonic Net label, a UK Electronica artist who's kind of new to that label, and uh, it's a really beautiful, beautiful piece of music. So stay tuned, all you Electronica fans, to the end of the show for that. But first, before we go into the interview with Ali Mitchell, I just wanted to say I had a really, really great feedback from lots of people who wanted to receive a book to review on the podcast. So I've sent out four or five books to various listeners who've said that they'll put together a, a review of those books in a kind of four or five minute audio piece and send it in to Small Biz Pod, which will play. So if you, and I've still got plenty of books, so if you're interested in reviewing a, a business book or book on starting a business or marketing or uh, becoming an entrepreneur, then drop me a line, Alex at alex.smallbizpod.co.uk. I'll send you a book, and all you have to do is record a, a five-minute audio piece reviewing it and send it in. So that way, you get a bit of profile on the podcast, and uh, I get to pass off part of this enormous pile of books that I... Uh, haven't been had a chance to read so um, that would be really great so yeah if you, if you are interested just drop me an email. Other than that uh, the Facebook group is going great guns so please do if you're a regular listener join the uh, Small Biz Pod Facebook group head over to smallbizpod.co.uk at the homepage there click on the Facebook link or if you're already a a member on Facebook or already signed into Facebook, just do a search for the SmallBizPod group or friend me, Alex Bellinger. And, uh, that would be really, really cool because we're building a nice little community there and it's a great way for us all to stay in touch. So thanks for that. And that is probably just about it for now. So let's just go straight into the interview with Alistair Mitchell from Huddle. Okay, well, Web two point has been uh, the latest um, internet theme for for the last few years. Um, we're in a, a real boom time for for internet businesses, it would appear. And the UK has spawned a number of interesting startups in the area. And in April this year, a group of uh, UK startups actually uh, went over to uh, Silicon Valley to look at how that internet and technology uh, startup community thrives and to to, to learn lessons and to share experiences. So exciting times. Um, And one of the companies that were selected to go to Silicon Valley was Huddle. Now, Huddle is a... Uh, An interesting business, uh, has great relevance to the SME sector in particular, but has a fascinating story to tell in terms of its own entrepreneurial journey. And I'm really, really pleased to have uh, with me here today um, Alistair Mitchell, who uh, was the co-founder of Huddle. Alistair, welcome to Small Biz Pod.
1: Thank you very much. It's great to be talking to you.
0: Now, um... Tell us, before I, before I confuse listeners by having a stab at what it is you actually do, what Huddle does, from the horse's mouth, what's your kind of 30-second elevator pitch, not to VCs, but to SMEs?
1: Absolutely. I'll, I'll do my best, Alex. Okay. So, um, huddle.net is the website. And basically what we do is we're a service for, primarily for SMEs mm-hmm. to help them work better together over the web. So a huddle is a workspace. It's a virtual... Um, version of, a, of an office I guess um, in which you've got powerful tools very low cost, easy to use um, for collaborating with people, for managing projects, for sharing documents and information um, both internally and externally with other people over the web using social networking principles so um, if you imagine it, you know, it's like an intranet an extranet a um, portal team collaboration tool all in one yeah. Um, and nice and easy to use and, and relying on these social networking principles to, we hope, make working together more effective.
0: And it's all behind the firewall, yeah?
1: It's, it's not, actually. It's, it's all across the firewall, so it's okay. hosted. So, mm-hmm. literally, you, you sign on um, with a username and password, you get your, your huddle, your workspace, and away you go. You don't need any software. Um, you don't need to worry about having your own IT infrastructure. Anyone can set one up. Um, and away you go, and that 's really um, one of the things that we believe uh, is very different about the technology that 's available nowadays yeah, and one reason why so many small businesses love this type of software
0: no absolutely and this the sort of cloud computing uh, as it 's become known is is kind of rapidly rapidly gaining ground and quite interesting too that that the likes of Microsoft, who are once uh, once desk bound are kind of rushing rushing towards the uh, the cloud too uh, but that's a slightly, slightly different matter let's let 's talk um, uh, firstly about ha- who came up with the idea i mean and and why
1: yes it 's a very good point so Huddle was founded by um, two guys myself and a guy called andy um, andy mcLaughlin and really where we came from is i came from we both came from quite large company backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, but both having worked in small companies as well and what we tell it is, is, I had the problem and Andy had the solution. Okay. Um, I was running a marketing, um, a set of marketing teams for a company called Dunhumby, who worked with um, retailers like Tesco and, and um, small and large um, FMCG manufacturers. Yeah. And I had teams both inside Dunhumby and outside of Dunhumby, and we were sharing lots of information with marketing with clients, and found it extremely hard to work together. Um, we, we used big tools like Microsoft SharePoint. We tried using little web tools but they weren't secure enough or they didn't give us the tools um, that we needed. Mm. And our IT department didn't like us using them. So we, we were really stuck and we were using email and things were going flying back and forwards. I never knew when people had approved stuff, I wouldn't be copied in on things or I was copying on too much. Mm. Um, you couldn't send large documents, you know, big PowerPoint or images over, the in, over email because they got stuck in people's firewalls, yeah. spam yeah, filters. Yeah. You know, it was just a nightmare. And we used to have team huddles. And we had to do them over the phone or in web conferences or even sending people over to the U.S. or, or France. And very expensive for us yeah. to, to, to be able to handle. So I thought, God, couldn't we have a huddle on the web? Mm. And and Andy was working in big companies and small companies delivering software, old school, um, um, not even web-based, behind yeah. the firewall software. To do yeah, it, yeah. And was frustrated because it was so expensive and he'd implement these software pieces and everyone would hate it. You know, none of the users would use it. Um, And so we we got together through a mutual contact. We discussed uh, my need and his solution, and we came up with putting Huddle on the web, and that's where it came from.
0: Um, uh, Yeah, now, uh, both of you working for other companies, but neither of you, per se, entrepreneurs.
1: No, I think entrepreneurialism is an interesting thing. I think you either have it baked into you um, in the gene pool, or you, you get forced into it. Mm. And I don't think it really matters which one, how, how you arrive at it. Yeah. Um, um, but I think um, so the guys who started Dunhumby, for instance, they started Dunhumby um, 10, 15 years ago, husband and wife team, when one of them left um, their company they were working on the other one who was working with them, she um, got fired because of that. So They were kind <laughs> of forced into it. Yeah. Whereas I think Andy and I have got the slightly more baked into our gene pool Because of family backgrounds and who have started their own companies, so we decided it was something we'd always wanted to do, Mm. and we felt very passionate about it. I think that's the thing that all entrepreneurs have is is a high degree of passion. Yeah, yeah. Um, And um, we decided to to make the jump and and go for it. And it took us a good year or so to bake up the courage and to get the business into the right shape. Yeah. But once we did it, um, Andy likes to describe it like um, uh, jumping off a cliff. Um, it's very scary when you're about to do it, <laughs> but once you're doing it, you're falling, and there's not much you can do about it, apart from the make the best of it you can. So, okay, you, so you, you hope there's a soft landing at the bottom.
0: You're kind of, you're kind of making your parachute as you fall.
1: <laughs> you are, and hope you make it in a good enough um, way before yeah. you hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a good and interesting analogy. Um uh, so, I mean, just just for other kind of tech and, and internet based startups, you the, one of the one of the beauties or, or one of the cited beauties, and you can tell me whether it's real or not, is that these days, compared to um, a decade ago or, or, or whenever the, you know the, the sort of the the, the pre bubble era of uh, two, 1999, etc. Um, uh, these days, it's much cheaper to build web apps, isn't it? isn't it? Uh, Or is it? (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Um, The web 2.0 phenomenon, which is a terrible term,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. essentially what that means is that you can connect with other services over the web much more easily. So you don't have to build everything yourself, you can tap into other people's tools and present it. Now we have, as it happens, built a lot of, most of Huddle ourselves, Mm. because we want, the service we're providing is all about security and ease of use, and and there wasn't things out there that could do it. Mm. But the corollary of having, making it so easy and, and low cost, technologies become cheaper, storage has become cheaper, mm. bandwidth and broadband and so on of take up has increased. The corollary of that is that it's much more competitive. Yeah, so yeah. You have thousands um, of small companies in the UK alone, in London alone, starting businesses um, and trying to fight through the noise. So mm. you, it is easier, but it's also simultaneously harder. But no doubt, you know, the opportunities are there, yeah. and I think the interesting thing comes in, in how companies like ourselves and other great small companies who are working on the web, how they get their heads above the parapet, get noticed, mm, and mm. are able to take the business forward.
0: It's an, in, it, and that's that's an interesting issue. I mean, clearly you had the idea uh, of of building um, Huddle, uh, and, and in your early years pre. Uh, pre going live I mean when when beta was was really beta or, or maybe when you were alpha, how did you test it i mean who did you how did you refine it, or did you do what Google has made famous and just stick it out there and improve it as it goes along
1: I think there is always a balance Tucking in the second point first there 's always yeah. a balance between making the product perfect and getting it out there and getting some customers and improving it as you go along yeah um, there 's no Um, you can't beat market feedback in real time. And you need to, if you're a small business, you need money and you need customers much sooner. Um, So there's always a temptation when you're building things, try and make it perfect, but actually it's better to get it out there. So we'd agree with the getting it out there model. Um, People understand if it's an early release, and especially if you're very honest with them and say, look, we love your feedback, we'll improve it as we go forward. So that's one thing. But it it is hard when you first start out. And um, despite it being lower cost, um, it's still an expensive business. Yeah. Um, developers, um, especially high-quality developers, are expensive. Um, it's expensive to um, be able to, um, you know, look after yourselves, and if you've got family mortgages, obviously mm. you have those costs. Mm. And on hardware and kit is still expensive. So yeah, yeah. Um, you have to be able to provide those. And um, I think the challenge for any small business is how quickly can you get early customers yeah. that prove some of the benefit and approve what you're trying to do and also give you a little bit of money coming in as well. Um, yeah. And that's what we did. is We got some early beta customers, we did a little bit of consulting on the side, and then we, um, we were able to tap into some funding as we went forward, which has really been able to accelerate our growth and is probably the reason why we're here today.
0: Yeah, which brings us on quite nicely to uh, a, a quite a hot topic in the UK, um, arguably one of the reasons why Web Mission happened, although that's perhaps a detour. Um, but the question being that it many startups whether they be technotech startups or internet startups or any other form of startup find the venture capital environment in the UK uh, and indeed in Europe actually quite tough there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there saying it's really hard to get funding for a good idea i sometimes wonder whether <laughs> that's really true or not but Huddle has been um a, a, a internet startup in the UK that has managed to achieve that with uh, a, a a London-based um VC firm called Eden Ventures. How how did you do that? I mean, what what have you what have you got to tell listeners here other other sort of web 2.0 startups out there about how to really get the money in? How how do you do that? How how have you done that?
1: Um, well, it's a bit of a pet sub- topic of ours. Um, we yeah. actually run a, a meet up in London every month for tech entrepreneurs called Drink Tank. Yeah. Um, the website's drinktank.co.uk um, for free, basically to help help people like us get get that funding mm. um, and get through to it exactly the way we managed to. Um, I think just to tackle your first point, it is hard and it is definitely harder than in the US, but good ideas will still um, get what they deserve. We'll, we'll yeah. be able to get the money and get the team in place. Um, but it is definitely harder. Um, why is it harder? Well, it's partly because um, um, the values of uh, Silicon Valley in particular is a very concentrated area. There is only one thing that goes on there, and that is tech startups. Yeah. You're either a tech working in a tech startup or you're an investor, and that's all you do. Mm. So there's no noise. You get, there's, there's a lot of money and a lot of great people in one place. And you'll make connections and do deals every day when you're going for coffee or every night. And that's one of the reasons we started Drink Tank. Whereas in London or in Berlin or Paris or any big city in the U.K., the noise is so much more. There's so many more things going on, especially in London where it's dominated by finance. Mm. So really the challenge is to get yourself heard. And the way you get yourself heard is, um, unfortunately, in the U.S., you, you, if you build a great product, you'll get yourself heard because it's so full of great technologists that they will be interested in and talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, you have to be a bit more commercial about it, which sometimes can be at the detriment of your product. Mm-hmm. But to get yourself heard, you have to really do a couple of things, and that is surround yourself with great people. Um, really, um, if you can convince some relatively high-profile people um, that you, what you're doing is a great idea and, and have the the, the balls to get out there and just talk to them about it. Yeah. Then that helps drive your credibility because if you can convince them, then you can convince anyone, you know, like a VC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the second thing is, is do some controversial things. You know, don't be afraid to get out there and make some noise about yourself. And we British are notoriously terrible mm-hmm. at self-publicity. Yeah. Um, um, because we just think it's not, you know, it's it's very, you know, uh, cheesy or not the done thing. Mm. And I and I agree with that. But I'd, I'd say that you have to get yourself heard, and that is the hardest thing. And anything that you can do to do that um, helps. Yeah. Um, and the, the rise of blogs and um, guys writing on the internet um, has helped you do that because it's easier to, to make a bit of noise. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The third thing is, is really getting that first step on the ladder, and, and this is the hardest thing, is um, there are only actually four VCs funding tech companies in the UK at uh, startup level at the moment, which mm. is a tiny number mm. um, really, considering the amount of money and the number of startups that are around. The, there are guys doing uh, later stage follow-ons, and then there are angels and it's the angels that you really have to get in touch with because they're the ones who will give you that um, 50, 100, 200,000 pounds that will yeah. be able to get your product off the ground and get you some customers. And once you've got customers and users, then you're away and running, as any, you know, anyone in business knows. Yeah. Um, so it's really that first step, and we were very lucky in that We followed a Silicon Valley model almost by accident in that um, it's an interesting story. um, Andy and I know each other through one of our best mutual friends, Mm -hmm. um, whose grandmother was an investor in our own right, a very successful woman, who started Blue Arrow Ah, um, 40 40 years ago. She started Blue Arrow, and when she sold Blue Arrow and made a lot of money out of it, she invested in a company um, called FiberNet. Um, who was basically guys who came to her right out of college, yeah. and we got this great idea for fiber optic communications. Um, this was 20 years ago when fiber optics was just taking off. Mm. She gave them a bit of money. They, in turn, did very, very well out of it, um, ro- rode the market, obviously, up and down, um, but did very well out of it. And the guy who got that money from um, the, this lady, um, Sheila watson Chalice who founded Blue mm. Arrow, then um, worked with Andy, um, employed him, and when Andy wanted to run a business, he said, oh, hang on, you know Ali, who, who knows the woman who funded me. So, I, you know, I think you're all part of a great scene. Let me put some money back into it ah, and give you some yeah. money to get you started. So it's a big circle.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: That's a, a, and
0: I, no, I was going to say, it's a what, kind of karma.
1: <laughs> it, it is like karma, and hopefully we're doing our best to repay him and, and show you know repay his faith. But yeah. what's interesting about that is that is exactly the Silicon Valley model. In that, you know, guys who have started LinkedIn or Bebo or any of the success stories, Mm. Oracle, go back into the scene and invest their money back in to start other great technology businesses. Because they understand the industry, the chances of the people they're investing in will be that much higher because they can help them so much more. Mm. Whereas in the UK, we typically tend to go on and just, you know, retire to a lovely farm in Surrey and, (laughs) uh, you know, enjoy the good life for a while. Um, We're not mad enough to go back in. So I think... That loop that, that we were so lucky to be part of um, is, is an exact example of, of how important the kind of the reciprocal investment is Yeah, um, and I think we can, we're trying to do as much as we can to encourage that and, and I know several other angels are as well.
0: Yeah, well I mean uh, in, in, to that extent of course it, it's, a, it's a superb sort of motivation for us all to get behind our, our tech startups and, and create some of that, that sort of virtuous circle of investment. Definitely. And success. And there
1: are some amazing businesses going on in the UK at the moment. Mm, mm, yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Um, cool. Well, uh, just coming back briefly to Huddle itself. Um, you're, you have a huge competitor in the market. Well, a, a huge competitor. You, well, you have one potentially huge competitor and one uh, br- large competitor called Basecamp, I suppose. Now, yeah. Um, and I know that recently. The, uh, there have been some sort of movements in 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 pricing of uh, of your product and and and, and base camp camp I think currently is a little bit more expensive um, how do you How do you view base camp as competition and how do you see? Uh, the, the potential threat from the likes of Google and, and Microsoft in this space as they, in, particularly in Microsoft's uh, case, as they move towards this online um, software-as-a-service style approach?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one. I think when we first started out, we were very nervous about you know, the big, the, the first question any investor asked you is, you know, what about the big boys, Microsoft, yeah. Google, and what about Basecamp, already been in there? Um, and, and that can be a million reasons for you not to do anything. You know, mm. you can use that, oh, there's some, already some guys doing a business um, you know, in this area. We, we can't compete. Um, but I think the attitude you have to take is, well, there are millions of different restaurants out there, and that doesn't stop you opening another restaurant. Yeah. Um, so just because there are a of people in the market doesn't mean that you shouldn't enter the market. And in some cases, it actually means it's an even better reason to grow, to go mm. into the market. So. Mm. The fact that there is so, so much activity in collaboration at the moment shows that there is a market for it, shows that it's a very strong market and there's a lot of demand out there. And if we can deliver a better product and make enough noise about that product to enough people, then we should stand a really good chance. Yeah. Um, so we've got, as you mentioned, you two mentioned two competitors. Basecamp um, is a um, software as a service like Huddle. It's mainly a project management tool. Um, so. Um, they differ slightly in that Basecamp, is, is, and it really is a great tool. It's a great project management tool, mm. um, designing for teams, especially technology teams, um, whereas Huddle is more about t- um, generic teams working together to get stuff done, and especially about document and file sharing between them. Yeah. But uh, they're slightly different. Um, but we're in a bit of a price war with them at the moment. We believe um, working together should be free, and um, we believe that some of the things that, that we do um obviously we would believe are better than theirs. Mm. But it's great because, you know, we're they're based in the US. They've got a great following over there. They get great PR. We're based in the UK. We translate into other languages, so we really are aimed at the European and, and Far East and Asian markets. Yeah. So it, it's to be honest it's quite good fun and, and yeah, yeah. Andy's actually been talking to them out there and, and it's um we have we put out press releases this morning, we've announced that um, some of our prices, that, you know, obviously lower than theirs and more features. Yeah, and we're lucky yeah. to be actually spitting the customers on, over, um, from them, which is great. Um, mm. We grew 50% in the last six weeks alone, which has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, it, to be honest, it, it's great for everyone. It's great for them, it's great for us. It shows the market and it, it's making a lot of people sit up and look at this market and say, hang on, there are some really great companies doing it. Yeah. So, I don't, think you, I don't think you need to be afraid of um, competition. No, I mean, um, I think
0: it, it needs to be embraced, and in many ways, particularly where you have a, a, that style of competition, one versus another, egging each other on, um, everybody yeah. wins, in fact, oh. because the, the products improve, you become, you have to be sharp on your game, and your customers appreciate it, and, you know, ultimately, a uh, choice is yeah. good, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, we've got we've got, both got to up our game, Yeah, and yeah, yeah. ultimately, what we're both, you know, Basecamp and ourselves, are competing against is the likes of Microsoft and Google, um, the really big, you know, um, yeah. 100-pound gorillas in the sector. Yeah. yeah. Because what we need to do is make sure that we don't get subsumed by them and that um, that people see the great things that we're doing, which are very different. I mean, in the case of Huddle, it's, it's pretty much unique in that it combines these tools with the social networking element, mm. which no one is doing at the moment. Yeah. And and whilst we've got that comp- um, competitive edge and that additional service, you know, we can still, we can still compete and grow a lot faster than, than Microsoft. And they, they're desperate to get on the game because they know that they're still very much...
0: Down to the desktop. No, mm, 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 absolutely. And you, you've got some. I, I know that you, you clearly you. The, it base, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Huddle works well um, and is aimed specifically SM, at SMEs. But in both, in, but but it also works well for enterprise level customers. And I know you've got the likes of Mastercard and Boots and O2 as customers already. Um, those are pretty big accounts. And as a small business, um, getting large corporate accounts is very often difficult. How did you do that?
1: With, with a lot of ups and downs yeah. um, and false starts, it is very hard, absolutely. We work with um, the likes of Boots in the UK and MasterCard in the Far East and, and so on. And their expectations, as is natural of a big company, are very high and higher than some of our small business um, uh, customers who are paying slightly less mm. um, and, and are slightly more flexible and understand what we're going through and how yeah. we're growing and changing. Yeah. Um, so if you're a big company, you, know, you care about security, you care about service levels. And really the challenge is to deliver those things without breaking your company because mm. you can quite easily break your company over what seems like a very attractive deal. Um, you know, a big company comes along with you a lot of money. Yeah. You, as a small business, you need to take that for cash flow. But you can actually break your long term prospects by customizing your product too much to them or bending over too far backwards at the risk of destroying all your other customers, yeah, so sometimes you actually have to say no to them and, and say we'll come back to you in in six months when we have a product and, and a team that can help you yeah and yeah. Other, some other times the opportunity is just too good, and you have to, to go with it so it is a challenge, and we've, we've we've learned a lot we've lost some along the way, but hopefully now we're gaining um, a lot more and we've we think we've got the the model pretty much right um and uh, but time will tell but it's it's definitely tough and you have to be very careful and not be afraid to turn customers down i think that's Mm, a
0: mm. a
1: challenging thing stick to Yeah. gums and be courageous
0: absolutely okay um alistair mitchell thank you ever so much for joining me that was a really interesting conversation great to talk to you too thanks very much so there we are really great conversation there and i just I think there was such a lot there from Ali about the practicalities of starting up a, a web-based business, but that applies to, to all sorts of startups. The, the whole funding discussion and uh, angel... Uh, karma of uh, cash flow, as it were, or investment, I think was also very interesting. And I sincerely hope that that kind of spirit evolves and develops, particularly in the technology and web spaces in the UK. It's going to do everyone a lot of good for there to be a number of serial entrepreneurs, successful serial entrepreneurs, like perhaps Ali Mitchell um, and others. Uh, in the UK uh, in the coming years, so that's really really cool. Also, I, I found it very interesting what um, he had to say about competing with the likes of Basecamp and even Microsoft and Google, and and also just dealing with dealing with the big companies there at the end. So uh, lots there to get your teeth into, and well worth having a second listen, I'd say. So that is just about it. I just had uh, one comment in this week from uh, Roger McGill, who says he's just found Small Pod today. Uh, Fantastic. Reading a lot of personal development and plan to books and plan to start my own business. So this is a real eye-opener. Glad to hear real people and real voices rather than just words in a book. And he also thinks the electro and drum and bass is spot on. So Roger McGill, you are a hero of mine already. Anyone who likes my music has to be good good luck with your business. Do keep me uh, in touch and, and let us know how it goes when when it finally launches. So interesting too how many people, including me, enjoy listening as well as reading. Um, something about podcasts, audiobooks, this show even, where it's just it's just a different way of absorbing information and i think we do so much reading so much scouring of the web that's one of the beauties of a podcast like this and also of audiobooks and i'll uh, another time i'll i'll talk about some of the audiobooks that i really enjoy because uh, there's a lot out there on on business that that's really really cool so, uh, all that being said, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, just drop me an email at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. Always enjoy uh, receiving your stories and suggestions and input. Uh, you you can play a part in this show in as active or as a passive way as you want. Just sit back and listen if you'd like. But uh, if you participate, that just kind of makes it all the more worthwhile as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, send in your audio comments, send in your reviews, send in semi-details send about what you're up to, join the Facebook group. That's all cool and good. So thanks ever so much for doing that. And now, as I said at the outset, uh, to the really, really fantastic piece of electronica from uh, a UK electronica artist called Rish who is uh, new to the monotonic label. And this is a really, really fantastic track. I think he's going to be a star called Observing Fractals in Clouds.